Stories Podcast, your number one show for everything guitar. Everybody! Hello! Uh, it's, um, it's time for us to be so excited to be on a podcast together. Yeah. Hey, Andy. How you doing, Dan? You know what? It's episode 25. I can't believe we made it to 25, and I'm super zoomed in. Let me get, let me change that. Whoa, it's getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> How's your week been, my friend? Good, good, good. What about you? Well, I have no idea. I am super, super busy. <laughs> I'm super happy. Um, things, time is just flying by, and it's just, there's just guitars coming in and going out and, and being on the screen and then being in my hands and then being away. It's absolutely insane. I hear you. And our hair, yeah. our hair is growing to lockdown length. Mine too. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah my, mine's just getting taller, if anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> just bringing the YouTube chat up. So hello to everybody who is watching us live on the YouTube. Welcome. And also hello to everyone who's listening in the podcast, wherever you are, on your way to work, at home on the couch. It doesn't matter. Welcome to episode 25 of the Guitar Stories podcast. Amazing. We started this 25 episodes ago, over a year ago, but we didn't start out like so so regularly at first as, as we were just yeah. having fun. But now, now it's a serious job and everything's serious from now on. So no more fun, Dan. No yeah, messing no around. Nope, nope. None of that business. Nope. Did yeah, we wait so, a comment uh, from, a, from a viewer who said he's looking for a more serious podcast? Uh, yeah, he he's he. <laughs> we did some work on the Ibanez release, um, the original release back on the first, and uh, yeah, he said, "Well, pretty much screw this. I, I need a more serious um, video channel or something." So, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> ah. yeah. Nice to see the people oh. in the chat all uh, having fun and talking to each other. Um, it is great to be here. I enjoy Tuesday nights so much just to hang out with everybody and talk gear uh, and talk what could be something quite controversial today. So I'm hoping that we're going to get a bit of banter going with the people in the chat. And um, if you're listening to this after the live event, then I hope uh, you're going to banter with us as well. But we'll leave spaces so you can, you know, like Dora the Explorer, you can respond. <laughs> well is said, that okay? Like that. Bing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, you want to jump straight into the guitar news? Yeah, please. Bam, bam, bam. So we got some news for you, and I'd say the most important news of the week, Dan, is something we missed last week. There's a new Indiana Jones game coming out, and um, I'm that. super excited. Super excited. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know it's not guitar news, but it's it's a lot news in my life. I grew up playing Indiana Jones click and point and point and click adventure games. Now we've got 2021 technology. Indiana Jones, the whip. The whip. Important question: Which one did you prefer, Fate of Atlantis or The Last Crusade? Got to be The Last Crusade. Come on. Nah, for me it was definitely Atlantis. You had three different. Uh, different narratives that you could go to with Sophia Hapgood that was amazing I think I played that like 10 times I couldn't grasp the fact that it was a non-canon Indiana Jones story 
but it was great. I'll have right? to go back and replay it. I'll have to go back yeah. and replay it. I'll answer that question with a, a more informed view. But right now, I couldn't. I had to do Last Crusade because of you know it was the movie. I didn't get that there were non-canon things back then. I was just a, a simple chap. All right. Uh, but yeah. there is some more news. Um, we've uh, we've got a little event happening online called Nam Believe in Music, which is interesting. Just virtual, virtual Nam happening. I mean, I was like. Hmm? I didn't really have that on the radar, and then all of a sudden there was a whole lineup of uh, press conferences and releases. And I don't know. Yeah. Do you think it's necessary? Did, did you did you catch anything so far? Uh, no, because I caught that it was mainly um, the stuff that I didn't go to Nam for. I wasn't so interested in Nam. It was the sort of the behind the scenes sort of supporting the music industry and actually making music, whereas I go to Nam for the gear. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, or rather, I go to Nam. I say like, like I've been a regular. I've been there twice, but I, I, I catch up with Nam for new gear releases. And yeah. um, no, it's it's more about the sort of stuff that I see people paying a lot of, of attention to at Nam, and I just walk past, like going more gear, more gear, and uh, those people get in my way. But what about you? <sighs> I miss Nam. I made a post oh. last night because I, I was a little bit emotional. I was I was browsing oh, through a couple of pictures. It was like kind of hard to imagine that twelve months ago we were there, meeting so many amazing people, having such a great time. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah, I really wonder if there will be a regular NAM twenty twenty two, or if it's just like like going from from one difficult situation I to another know. one. It's it's kind of it's kind of hard to predict. But at the moment, like I, I still live from from the old memories because usually, like you said, it was a great time. It was it was not really just about gear; it was about meeting people, meeting your heroes, being like changing from being a rep for some company or being a YouTuber to being a fanboy on some occasions. <laughs> totally yeah, guilty. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I really miss that. Yeah. Yeah, working for Tolman when I was coming to Nam was an absolute um, pleasure. Hard work, super hard work. My goodness, is that intense? And Guillaume's in the chat right now, so he can certainly back me up on that. But um, yeah, absolutely joy. I, I'm just uh, just trying to get the chat up on my uh, on my iPad so I can follow the chat. There we go. And now I'm going to turn the volume down. All right. Enough messing around, Dan. Come on, this is a serious podcast. Let's stop messing around. Let's do New Gear. Andy's pick of the week. Andy's pick of the week. I'm going to have to release that on, on Spotify or something. People are gassing for that thing. Um, yeah, so my pick of the week, my gear of the week, which is hard. So we've limited it to three things each. Not the three things that are currently on the screen, if you're watching on YouTube. On screen right now are the brand new Vox VGH headphones. VGH, virtual guitar headphones, maybe? Who knows? Hmm. But um, one of the new releases, because we can't choose everything, uh, one of the things I was excited about was the VGH headphones. We've got a rock version in red. We've got an AC30 version in cream, and then a bass version oh. in blue. And um, I'm really interested in these because, number one, they're going to be about 99 euros. 
And number two, it's got practice stuff built in, you know? So what do they do? Give us a little bit of a rundown. The amp plug, you know, those series of, of things you plug into your uh -huh. guitar, then you plug headphones into that. It's basically that yeah. in a headphone. All right. Okay. So even smaller. So rather than, than plug, yeah. So rather than there's a, if you see the picture on the screen, if you're watching, then the um, the cable actually runs to the guitar rather than something else, I guess. So the guitars go into the headphones. Mm. Um, I saw that uh, a friend Charlie did the the official Vox video. And I don't know if the sounds were coming from the headphones there, because I don't know how you would mic that sounds, but she certainly seemed very excited and did a really <laughs> good job of making me feel excited about the headphones. Um, and I'm a true believer that anything that excites you to play guitar, to practice, and anything that is convenient that you can just plug in and, and go, um, is a good thing, especially mm -hmm. at 99 euros, give or yeah. take. Looks pretty interesting. Um, do you know? Uh, is it like a regular line um, cable that you that you plug in, or can you also use it for? I don't know. You can also use it for music, and you can also there's an aux in as well. All right. Okay. So, so that makes it very. I very yeah, I very briefly spoke to Vox this morning, and um, they are going to send some out, so I can I can test them. Yeah. Hello, Vox. Hello, I need Mr. Vox Bob. on the phone. <laughs> no Vox. Um, yeah, so they're going to send some over. Um, I said send the bass one if you want, you know, but don't worry too much about it. But yeah, I, I, apparently that's got a built-in compressor on the bass one, so it actually makes your bass sound good. That's I don't know. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but there's there's effects and all sorts of things in there. I don't know much about it. They didn't release much information. However, there they are. That's what they do. Hopefully it um, it's affordable for some people, and we can plug guitars into them and play more. <laughs> but I think that's a really good price because you've got headphones like ninety nine yeah. euros. You've got headphones that are not guitar processors for about eighty euros that have guitar brands on them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. So if you, want to, if you want to crank it up, do you have to crank up the volume too? <laughs> I mean, if it's got a compressor, you can you can probably avoid that, right? <laughs> We'll find out. Stay tuned to the channel, everybody. Yeah. But uh, I hope so. I have high hopes for that. Um, I, I really oh, do. So we'll find out. That'll be an interesting review if you just have the headphones on your head and then there's no sound for the for the audience. Well, what great. else do you think I'm going to do? It's great. I'm having an amazing time. <laughs> you should totally check these headphones out. <laughs> I mean, well, the plan is. Watching your unboxing videos, so there's probably a market for that. <laughs> if people watch me take a guitar or a box, they'll watch me play headphones. <laughs> no, I, I hope hopefully I can communicate the fun I am or I'm not having, depending on how good the headphones are. But the other plan is that if you're watching again, Bob behind me on my right uh, will be having some holes drilled in his ears and then some cables fed up through them with some lav mics, and I'll be putting the headphones on Bob. And he will be listening to them so that the listeners can can hear that. I don't know if that's going to work, but it certainly sounds like a fun project. It sounds brutal. Poor if you Bob. don't know who Bob is, then he's he's my focus stand-in at the back. He's the guy that does all the work. Okay, my next pick, if I may move on, Dan, <laughs> is these, the Boss series of pedal boards, which is not the most exciting of, of things, but you you know, you need things to, to put things on. Otherwise, they just fall off, right? Yeah. Yeah, so 
There's the BCB30X, which is a three-pedal jobby with no power supply, no line-in, line-out. It's just a box to put your things in, and then it's got a carry case, and you there you go. Off you go. All right. I don't know anybody who only has three pedals these days, but that seems like That's a challenge. Fine. Yeah. You got you got to use like the the smallest watt in the world. <laughs> True. Or, or put the pedal board on the wah. There you go. A wah wah pedal board. A pedal board that is a wah pedal. Right. Somebody write that down. There you go. Somebody, somebody make that and give me money. <laughs> so we've got a few. We've got a few models. We've got the BCB thirty X. We've got the uh, the ninety ninety. Yeah, that's the ninety X. I beg your pardon. So that's got. Um, sockets at the top for power and in and out. Uh, okay. That's designed to hold nine pedals, uh, boss pedals, of course, but it doesn't just work with boss pedals. What I like with this, and it's also the model above it, and I, you can see the cables coming through the foam underneath. And mm -hmm. um, that's, that's cool. It looks super tidy, which my pedal boards are often not. And I think that might be super easy. I, what I'd like to know is if, if once you've cut the holes, is that it, you know? Mm -hmm. Or are they sort of those magic foam things that go back together? Or can you buy replacement inserts? Because I don't keep the same pedal board for very long. Yeah, that would be smart. Or even if you have like small patches that you can just like put together like a puzzle yeah. and just replace the patches that you don't need or add different sizes. Oh, yeah. cut, it, cut it to the size you need it. Like kind of do it yourself board. Yeah, yeah, now you're talking. So, yeah, because people often change. I mean, they may not change them as ra radically as I do. So if you're going to take out, say, the angry driver in that picture, you might drop in some other drive pedal that's around the same size. But who knows? Yep. Who knows? Um, there's also one more. I know it's not a very exciting pedal board. That's the BCB1000, Dan. Doesn't that sound impressive? <laughs> it's wheels. It's like a carry That mofo's got wheels. Yeah, I want to. I want to get one of those and see if I can drag it up a mountain. I think that'd be amazing fun. <laughs> I'm just wondering, like, if you carry that to the airport. Well, I got all my pedals, but no slips, no socks, and no t-shirts. No. Just pedals. No soap. That's all I need is a collection <laughs> of pedals. There you go. To be fair, that's that's true for quite quite a few people, I would say. <laughs> and then there's another picture of of it with just some pedals on yeah that's it yeah. that is the right. new boss selection of pedal boards so not very exciting not a guitar not pedals themselves but a pedal board and then for my third pick of the week if i may is this the black oh, star Andy, studio 10 6l6 in seafoam green or surf green i think they're calling it it looks great so is it's a the model itself is not new. Thank you for asking. But the, sorry, the, the brand, the, 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 you throw me now. Thank you. <laughs> Studio 10 6L6 is not new. But right. in that color, it is new. And I think that changes everything because it shouldn't do, but it kind of does. It makes the amp look really classy. Whereas the standard black one kind of just sat there with all the other black amps. All right. Okay. I don't know if it's going to make it sound any better. Um, being a 6L6, it's very Fender-based, and um, 10 watts makes it kind of perfect for the studio and or home practice. 
Mm -hmm. So you should have quite a lot of clean headroom in there, but you might be able to get some drive out of it. Um, otherwise, you've got attenuators, but at 10 watts it should be pretty interesting. And then um, there's another picture, I think. Where is it? Uh, da -da 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 -da. Blackstar Studio 10. Where's my other picture? Come on up. There you are. Yeah, so we've got uh, input gain, tone, reverb, and something that's really fuzzy, but I think it says volume. I'm going to guess. Right. You've got reverb? one 6062, right? Mm, and it's got a drive knob and an effects loop. All right. Okay. Well, that's, that's important. So, uh, I mean. Yeah, for, for an amp of that size to have an effects loop is, is quite cool. I think it's going to be around 500 bucks. Um, I don't know, but it really seems very, very interesting. Mm. Um, uh, we got. Let's go to the chat. Eric says one six L six. No thanks. Sarang says Blackstar are the kings of entry level tube amps. So we'll find out. Um, Five hundred bucks is not necessarily like the lowest you can get, right? Like, what, no. what would be like an immediate competitor to to that kind of amp? At ten watts, um, I don't know. A lot more amps are a lot higher, but you've got like a, oh, I don't know, a Fender Champ. Just happened mm -hmm. to have on the floor here. <laughs> 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 that wasn't was scripted. I just happened to have it here for uh, a section later on in the podcast. Great. Um, uh, I don't know is the answer to that. I probably should have researched that question. Let's ask the people in the chat. What other amps are about 10 watts and uh, under 500? There's a lot of stuff that's around 5 watts and a lot, lot cheaper. There's Bugera, for example. There's Harley Benton. Uh -huh. Um, there's probably Fender. There's some Marshall stuff at like the Marshall Origin that's now discounted to be under that price. Mm -hmm. But do they come in surf green, Dan? No, no. So no. there you go. Color is very important for tone. Yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be instantly surfier, instantly springier, instantly yeah. more wet. Saltier. <laughs> I don't know. What I will say is I'm interested to try it out or at least hear somebody else playing it, which um, oh. AC10, thank you very much. Pro Junior and the Vox AT10, um, Fender Bass Breaker. There we go. Our beautiful people in the chat uh, making us look better than we actually are. Thank you so much. <laughs> I like the looks. I got to say, I really like the looks. It looks neat. Um, I like that it's got an effects loop. In terms of tone, with one six L six, you really gotta gotta see how much you get out of it. But yeah, yeah. It, it's worth a try. So you're getting getting to them for review. Uh, I haven't arranged that, but I would really like to arrange that because I find that interesting. Right. And reviewing gear that I find interesting is my favorite thing, rather than just if it's new or if they're gonna pay me. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's on my that's on my interesting list. <laughs> The best is if you, if you hit both worlds, right? Getting paid for for reviewing interesting gear. It's the magic three, Dan. Hot, paid for. I think I like it. Golden <laughs> Trinity. Awesome. Cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'd like to know your pick of the week. Would that be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Please. Let's have Dan's theme tune. Dance. 
All right. Oh, we've got the. Oh, I've accidentally put the wrong guitar on the on the screen. Never mind. Looks like we're starting there, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll start with that. Then. No worries. Uh, big surprise to everyone. <gasps> Why is Dan not talking about the new Pia or anything else? Well, we we'll get to that. That was actually scripted differently, but you know, it's hard to find people that do that professionally and on a like a good level. You're breaking up, Dan. You're breaking up. You've gone all small and quiet again. You're, you're breaking up. I, I think I need a new co-host. <laughs> no, no, all good. So, like, my first pick of this week uh, is the PRS Sackmeyer's SE guitar, which is a very nice-looking guitar in, I think, Myers Blue. And, I mean, do you know the band Shinedown? I think they had a couple, like, hits yeah. in, on the radio. Yeah. Is that the band that did the cover of Metallica's song? No. Hang on. I'm mm. saying yes. Okay. I, a little bit. I, I think like at least one or two songs uh, that they were on the radio even in, in Europe and or let's say Germany because you know, I'm not talking for Europe nor do I talk for Austria. But uh, I absolutely adore that color. You know, I'm a sucker for blue finishes anyways. And that guitar looks pretty sweet. Um, you've got a flame maple veneer on that. Um, mahogany body it's it's nicely carved um mm. what else is there to say and it's basically like a, a revamped version of the already existing Sackmeyer's model that was a little bit more greenish um do we have another image nope it was there and it's disappeared you, you know how oh, it is yeah. with, with this podcast it, and tech dan it, ju it just vanished it says, anyway. it, it says it's there but it's not it's not yeah anyways um, but it's, it's so keep, keep, talk, keep talking like nothing's happened and i'll, I'll bring it in quickly just don't yeah, tell yeah, me. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, 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 no. We're going to keep that to ourselves and cut that afterwards, okay? You, you haven't seen anything like that. Okay? All right. No. So, um, yeah, transparent knobs. Oh, look. So that's that's pretty cool. And actually, I, I really find it interesting uh, that PRS chooses to kind of color grade those images in, in such a dark way because on, on other product images, it looks much brighter. True. And I True. like that more, more like turquoise look. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was like basically really a visual decision. I, I like the uh, I like the looks of it. And I only have heard good things about the Sackmeyer's PRS SE. So if you're in the market for a semi-hollow PRS single cut guitar, that's your go-to probably. I think it's reasonably priced at 900 euros. So that's not too bad. And spec-wise, I mean, it's a... Completely no frills instrument. You can go probably it's gig ready right out of the case. So usually the SE instruments are good anyways. Yeah. Do you know the price? Did you mention the price? And I, while I was fiddling around, I already did. Like uh, twenty seconds before. <laughs> I think it's. Yeah, I was years. watching the chat. Hundred right, euros. Okay, no, All right. No so you broke yeah, up. Yeah. You, know, you have to. We got right. other people applying for your job in the chat, so I'm just checking out the new applicants. And, uh, yeah, no one's mentioned any money yet, which is good. Um, what would you like to go for next, Dan? Would you like to go for the um, another the single cut, probably? Another single cut, really? Yeah. Oh, go on then. <laughs> Drum roll. Uh, Some people have already mentioned it. There it is. Several years in the making, finally, we've got the AZS, and the S stands for single cut, and it's basically a kind of Ibanez-y take on the T-style instrument. And it's it's pretty cool to see those finally happen and, and hit the market and also see the reactions. Um, that, that's probably the best part. If you release a product, you're always a little bit 
you know, unsure how people will react to it, but there were so many great reactions and uh, so many positive feedback. It's definitely not, not a guitar for everyone. I, I don't think that you get like the old uh, traditionalist that, that only like plays his original 1965 Black Strat or anything like that, uh, Telly, mm. but it's definitely an interesting take because they ba basically took the FR shape and kind of rounded it off and added some contours and some some nice touches to it um and as as so often it was pretty much the same with the with the az line um the most amazing part is in the detail so um and it's pretty cool that we have two offerings we have the the intune bridge the goto bridge the vintage style tele bridge and then we have the um goto 1802 t tremolo that is also on the az guitars so you have like a modern t style guitar and you have a more traditional mm -hmm. guitar yeah and i think we have another picture prepared that uh, tom quayle made in his studio and come on i was so sold when i saw that isn't that cool that is i mean yeah. that finish was not the one that i preferred in the in that first photo but looking at that shot um that is absolutely stunning and you, you know i don't i'm not i'm more into plain tops than i am flame tops but that's kind of subtle flame but also not you know it's tigery yeah correct yeah yeah and that's the one that, that he has right now. Tom Quayle has it. He's been playing it and, and ripping yeah. it to shreds, I'm sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and he loves it too. I mean, uh, you will always sound like Tom Quayle, so you'll probably not sound like uh, one of those country guys, but uh, his tone on this guitar is amazing. And it's uh, it's super comfy. The design is, is very nicely made, so it's a very modern take. And it's got all the cool specs that you would expect from the AZ line. You've got stainless steel frets, roasted mm -hmm. maple neck, um we've got a cool um a cool pickguard um not pickguard like what's it called like the base plate for the pickup to to make yeah. sure that it's got a really a twangy tone so it's got a steel base plate and that base plate is kind of um not um combined with anything so the tremolo is, is for itself and also the go to intune bridge is basically they are two separate entities um which yeah. was important because we like from the get-go we wanted to have a guitar that either has a tremolo or the regular vintage style bridge so that was definitely a goal and uh, yeah I'm, I'm pretty stoked about that and uh, i think i've prepared a couple more uh, features because my go-to guitar would probably be the azs 2209 which is the vintage uh, bridge one and uh, what is so remarkable about that is you can see it here in the picture that in tune bridge that was developed uh, in cooperation with goto is so unique because um it's got grooves that have different uh, um, different sizes. So it's either a little bit thinner or thicker, or a little bit deeper or a little bit narrower. And that makes sure that intonation is spot on and that you can also um, like have a very, very consistent string spacing. So you've got the 10.5 millimeters that you expect from, from those kind of guitars or from the AZ line, and that is uh, made possible with that uh, design. And there's also, the, I think that there are two more pictures that I put in the folder that you can see. So you see that the, actually the strings itself, they are kind of um, concave. So you've got that kind of concave form, a little bit uh -huh. rounded off, so it makes it easy to play. And also in, on the second picture you see that it's very evenly spaced, you know, and you can clearly see the uh, the grooves, especially for the low E and the high E string. So it makes sure that these strings they don't, you know, disappear or slip to the sides, and you always have a very consistent string spacing. Yeah, and that's that's pretty cool because uh, 
you know, Ibanez is always or has always been a company that's very dedicated to developing unique hardware, and this is definitely a USP in the market. Yeah. So I'm. I was, well, we got I some questions. Always... Sorry, sorry, Dan. We got some questions coming up in the chat. Yeah, sure. Um, again, if you have any questions, people in the chat, then please ask them. You've got Dan, the man, Doctor Dan, here for you to answer all those Ibanez questions. Um, please use them. Uh, I mean, I know Poon Ninja is going to ask when his peer arrives, so we'll just expect that question, and the answer hey, is I, very I, soon. My peer arrive. My peer. When does Dan's peer arrive? Oh, and uh, mid of February. Very nice. So that's that's very soon. That's in like like a month, less than a month. Yep. yep. Um, we got some love from Sarang for the Goto um, Telly barrels, Telly style barrels. I have a question. Whilst I'm just looking through the through the chat, Dan. <laughs> yeah. Why is it called the AZS when it could be called the AZT? Yeah, probably because we wanted to develop a single cut guitar. It wasn't necessarily to be just a T-style clone. And also there is already the ATZ100, which is the Andy Timmons signature AZ model. So that would have probably be a little bit confusing sure. too. So I agree. Those okay, yeah. that's that's exactly what I, I guessed, but I have to ask you, you know, because it's funny when you do Ivanes stuff because you go into kind of Ivanes, Dan. But on the podcast, <laughs> you, you still stay you stay human, Dan, but part of you goes to this little place. Ibanez Robert. No. Oh, got, and yeah, it's just because you're so good at your job for Ibanez that, that you go to that little place. But um, let's look at these questions. People are saying the ashtray is a must. That's very interesting. Um, yeah, that's actually what, uh, I would agree, yeah. but I would love to play the Trem version as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Of course, I, I'd love to hear Chris Barocci's take on, on the guitar. That's one of my uh, upcoming favorites. I'll ask him at some point during 2021. <laughs> um, Da, 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 da. Neck is square at the bottom? Question mark. Is the uh, neck square? No, like, is it a... the, the neck joint is the super all access neck joint. So I, I don't have a picture here of the of the back, but it's super like super nicely to access the upper frets. The only exception right. is one artist model that we're going to talk uh, very soon about. Another question was: uh, Is prestige? Yeah, all of these are prestige, so they are made in Japan. Um, the the plain tops they start at uh, 2k which is basically the same price as the az models and then the flamey one is a little bit more pricey it's i think it's 2.5k and then there's a quilted maple top in royal blue sapphire and that is 2.7 ish around that yeah so yeah made in japan okay so you get what you pay for <laughs> very yeah. much so but Having played the AZ, the the vintage AZs, um, which are now called the old school AZs, they are like next level in terms of quality. And like Nico Schliermann just plays one on stage all the time, and he's he's he just does the most different kind of gigs, and he's always got this AZ, which is I think a, a great um, promotion for the guitar to show you what it can do. So I'm I'm very much looking forward to checking those out. I, my favorite color is. The Prussian blue one, which which we discussed already, Dan, you and I off air. Um, yeah. But now, having seen um, Tom's photo, I don't know, man. I do not know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the flamey one is pretty sexy, but still, I, I I I was sold on on the hardware actually. So I really want to experience that because I'm not a, a telly player, anyways. So um, right. that will be interesting to see and hear, basically. Um, yeah. 
there are some more uh, announcements from Ibanez because fair play, I must say this on on the podcast, Ibanez are absolutely killing the, the new releases in January. So well done uh, from the entire guitar world for you who is representing all of Ibanez right now. <laughs> Let's pass that to Japan and uh, to the great people that were also developing new guitars with two of the most exciting artists at the moment. And one of them is the blues great Josh Smith. Oh, <laughs> I was, I was, when I was browsing through pictures last night, I was browsing through a couple images from 2014 and I went to a small venue in Ingolstadt where Audi is located in Germany. And that's a small blues and, and jazz location called New World. And in it must be early 2014, Josh Smith was playing there, a very small venue, wow. and it was super loud. And uh, he was he was playing his his Chapin guitar, the black one that he's been using for for many many years. And it was a great gig. And Martin Miller and I were there. were like really like we had a big smile on our face because the tone was so good. And you know he you. It was just he oozed the blues, and at after the gig we had together some food, and and, and Josh was uh, you know talking a little bit how the tour was going, and and then he was like, "Oh Dan, you live close by. Do you think we can go to your place and jam a little bit more?" <laughs> and I was living in a very small apartment with people above and below me, so as I, I had to decline to tell you, dude, you're gonna crank up the amp and play. But it, it kind of showed me how much into playing and, and how much into music and how enthusiastic he was. You know, having played a two hours gig already, he was he was you know ready to just go to to another rehearsal room or go to my apartment and, and you know crank up the amp and play the blues again. That was that was a great experience. You turned down a jam with Josh Smith. <laughs> I did because of your neighbors. Oh, mate. <laughs> Well, uh, uh, to be fair, I think he would have jammed more with Martin than with me. But still, I mean, that would have. Yeah, but you could have like held a tambourine, and, and then technically, yeah. you were jamming with Josh. You know, yeah, it doesn't know. matter what you do; it matters that you're I there know. and you have a face in a photo uh, somewhere. I know. Can I can I, I, I show I, some I more kinda... photos? Sorry. Can I show some more photos of the guitar when you when you? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I kind of I kind of made up for that later with the the Martin Miller sessions because Josh uh, joined the sessions and there are a couple of amazing songs. Um, still, their rendition of Sultans of Swing is one of my favorite versions of it. It's really nicely made. So, um, and Josh's got a guitar and I like that guitar from top to bottom. It starts with the name. It's called the Flat V One or basically the Flat Five. Which is the blue note? Oh, is that that's so is that clever? Cool? Flat five one, yeah, that's super clever. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> we, we we kind of get used to call it the flat V because otherwise people might get confused and you know with the numbers, yeah, I think you know, numbers and numbers. And... Yeah, <laughs> Dan playing the triangle. Yeah, so <laughs> so that's a great guitar because it's kind of it's it has the same roots like the AZS models, but it's so specific when it comes to the specs um the neck's got a soft v-shape to it it's only has it only has um 21 frets um all the regular azs models they have stainless steel frets but josh decided to go for nickel because it's got a very specific you know feel and tone to it um the guitar carries his signature simo duncan uh josh smith or i would call it like flat five one custom pickups that will also be available as aftermarket pickups, if I'm correctly informed. Nice. Um, 
Yeah, I think the only similarity, like one to one, is it's got the same bridge like the AZ S models that that come with the vintage style bridge, and um, yeah, and it's also it's got an ash body, which is kind of what what Josh was was asking for. So this is like his guitar from, from you know from top to bottom. And there was a, a a recommendation from my side. There's a very interesting, I think almost one hour video of him like a live stream kind of thing where he was presenting his guitar. I think that aired like monday monday night mm. so that i haven't is, seen all uh, of it but i caught some of the you, you sent me the link and um yeah. it was a very honest video it was a very raw um clear video with the things that josh was saying it's very clear that he loves guitar and um and has not gone to ibanez and said that how can i put this um He's been very good at, at promoting music and his love of guitar, not Ibanez and not the guitar, but the guitar is helping him do that and Ibanez is helping him do that. So that's what I really respected about Josh. The way he was talking about the guitar was not like, look at this great guitar. It was more a case of, I needed a guitar. This does it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it took it took quite some time. I mean, I remember back in the day when we were driving to Martin's place, he was he was already talking about all the ideas that he had and what he you know had painted and the pickguard that he had designed and all those things. And I think ultimately, when all of this comes together, it kind of materializes into your instrument. And uh, I mean, he was or still is in love with his Chapin guitar, and and that is kind of the next level yeah. for him. And uh, I mean, it's, it's quite a um, it's quite a difference too, because I think the Chapin guitar had a nitro finish, and this is a, a poly finish because nitro finishes are so hard to make. And and and, and you know, Ibanez is, is testing, experimenting with it, and going back and forth. But they really wanted to create like the most reliable instrument, so they went for a very thin poly coating. And um, he, Josh, is pretty picky about his instruments and the spec of his instruments, and and he went for mm. it because he was he felt like okay, this is the right choice for instrument, and um, yeah. Um, I, I really like it. Also, like it's got the square neck heel. It's just so true to the to the OG designs, but with a modern take. And uh, it's really out of what what is usually the the comfort zone for Ibanez guitars. You know, it's it's super retro. <laughs> yeah. All right. You're not going to use the F word, but um, I won't either. <laughs> <in that case. laughs> um, yeah, I really dig it. What is the price of these, Dan? Because I'm I'm I really want to try that. I don't know at the moment. Um, currently, it looks oh, like. Come on. No, I really don't know. Currently, it looks like it will be around two point five k, plus minus one hundred okay. euros. So okay. it's it's pretty it's pretty similarly priced to to other uh, signature guitars that are made in Japan, like the Tom Quayle signature, the Martin Miller signature, or the Andy Timmons ATZ. So along those lines, yeah. Well, well, well thank you. Thanks for the the accuracy. <laughs> wait now for facts. Um, I, I believe there was another artist, another very well-known artist that has joined the Ibanez ranks recently. Larry. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe I have some photos of her. There she is. Yeah. Isn't that a lovely picture? That is great. Damn, son. Yeah. And actually, everyone, like everyone was expecting us to release her sparkly AZ guitar, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the sparkly AC? I know, I know, I know, I know. Actually, that would have been a pretty nice guitar too, but uh, she was involved in the AZS project uh, pretty early on, and it was clear for her that she wanted to have that kind of single-cut T-style design. 
And I mean, she she took it from there and kind of modernized that a little bit more compared, especially to the Josh Smith model. So she went yes. with an HSS configuration. Again, these are Simo Duncan signature pickups. Don't know if they will be available if aftermarket pickups too, but um, I, I, I'd say it's pretty likely. And um, she also went for an Ash body. So similarly to, to Josh. And um, what is pretty cool to see on that guitar is the beautiful bird's eye maple neck because that really makes the guitar stand out. So you got that roasted maple neck that's you know carrying so many bird's eyes on it. And that's really a eye catcher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really yeah, dig it. I mean, the color, that's a matter of taste. If you're into violet pinkish guitars, I think uh, for some people it will be a, a total uh, downturner, but for some people it will be like, the guitar they have to have uh, but i really like also the fine detail like if you uh, can put on the next uh, image we see that there's a very fine binding that goes around the body which kind of contrasts oh, yeah. that violet because otherwise without that binding it, w- it would be way too violet it would be almost violently violet oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was deep i know so uh, i really like i really like that also the matching um the matching tip on the switch that's pretty sweet so it's a cool guitar, nice oh, yeah. addition, and above and beyond the guitar itself, it's super cool to have Larry Basilio on the roster because she was one of the, um, let's say, up and coming artists. I really enjoyed listening to her music. It was something you know between Joe Satriani and Andy Timmons, and that was totally my cup of tea. So yeah, I dig it if artists mm-hmm. join join the Ivan's roster that I personally also uh, listen to. Uh, questions about the guitar. Five-way switch? Uh, yeah. yeah. What does the little toggle switch do? That is the dynamic switching. So you have all the, like from the AZ line, the AZ line's got the yep. the two different voicings. So you have all the options that you know from the AZ line. Yep. Yeah, what, I, what I like about what Larry's done here is the, the jack output. So whereas I like the the vintage look of Josh's, I really do love the where the jack just below the strap button. I think it's a very cool, um, practical addition to to a guitar. Um, you're not going to really pull that out on stage. I think that's a, that's a great move. Um, one of the things, one of those little tiny details that I love about guitars yeah. that do that, and yeah, I love it. One totally thing I'm kind of missing is is a ma- is it a matching headstock? Uh, no, it's a natural headstock. No. I, w- I would have loved a matching headstock on that. I think that would look amazing. Not that I have on an issue hand, with what it does look like. If, if you if you have a bird's eye maple neck, then uh, chances are that uh, there will be an insane number of bird's eyes also waiting for you on the on the headstock, right? True, true, yeah. true. <laughs> uh, looks a very playable guitar from the back. The way that the contours are going on that yeah. neck joint. Um, great. Well yeah. done. Well done, Dan. On behalf of everybody, to everybody at Ibanez, good catch, good guitar looking. Um, yeah. yeah. And that was a question when, when it will be available. I think um, both guitars, the LB1, also the Flat 5 1, will be available um, around July. So, yeah, expect them in okay. Q3, basically. Yeah. Q3, quarter three for all the people that aren't in the biz. <laughs> yeah. All right. So they're being produced at the moment. Yeah. Dan's third pick of the week. Dan's yes. Pick of the week. That's a nice addition. And I'm a sucker for um, awkward shapes if they are like 
visually pleasing and have a good aesthetic to it. And I was always a fan of the Mariposa. Maybe you can show the uh, the other image that we have in that folder. And um, yeah, sure. I think at the first uh, show in Leipzig, um, first guitar show in Leipzig, they had uh, they debuted the the Mariposa. And that US model with a Nukuma body looked very nice with the engraved scratch plate and everything. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was an interesting guitar. It was a little bit overpriced to say, but it's always very subjective. But when it comes to, you know, American made imported guitars, it's the same with amps like Mesa Boogie. Usually they, you know, you have to add a little bit of uh, margin for handling and for the distribution too. So um, that was definitely not like available or reachable for everyone. So I think that guitar clocked in mm. at 3.5K around that amount. So um, I'm not saying it's not worth it, but it was out of reach for a lot of people. So yeah. we have now a, a Sterling by Music Man guitar that clocks in at around $550. Or well, let's say maybe 600, 700 euros. And I really love the idea that they went for that because it's, it's definitely a kind of odd shape. But I like it a lot, and they they kind of they kind of kept it down to the key ingredients of it. I mean, the engraved scratch plate was cool, but you don't necessarily yeah. have to have that kind of pickguard. And um, yeah, but the look itself, and and I think the rado green is the color. That's pretty cool. Um, it's got locking tuners, twenty-two uh, frets, also a roasted maple neck on the Sterling by Music Man. Um, that's 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 pretty cool, and the body is made of Niato, which is a interesting detail because the original one was made of Okume, which are both kind of fresh and, and new woods in in the biz. Mm. Um, but yeah, that was my pick number three because I like Omar Rodriguez Lopez. He did, he has done so many so many like great recordings with uh, the Mars Volta, with John Frusciante, and uh, so many cool people. And he's a he's a true artist, and whatever he does is is kind of unique and. Uh, basically, I think the guitars they speak for themselves, and and to have those available for for the masses, and and also for people that you know that that cannot afford like two or three grand for a guitar is is pretty cool. Because I I I've totally been a sucker when I was a beginner, and you know, and you started with that cheap like hundred bucks guitar, and then you want a real guitar, and and then maybe your Omar is your guitar hero, and you can go for it. I mean, that's totally cool. And five hundred, six hundred euros. That's it's kind of reasonably priced yeah so that was my number three pick how do you like it i'm really digging that Dan. yeah totally digging it i i prefer the flat colors i prefer the simplicity um i on the on the more expensive one i prefer the the way the bridge looks if i can just do that the, this sort of high mass bridge yeah. i don't know if it is a high mass All bridge or there's just right. more cover but it, it just looks amazing it looks a lot like my my yamaha sgv mm-hmm but but I see that that's more practical. You've got a tram system. I like that it's got like a sort of um, a little bit Saint Vincent sort of kind of squareness to yeah. it. Yeah, a um, bit of Albert but Lee also too. also right. Albert Lee. Yeah, it's yeah. like those two had a baby and then sort of injected a bit of Firebird. There's a bit of Gibson Firebird in that pit guard and, and lower horn. Um, yeah. I like it. I like the colors. Um, yeah. I'd be interested to hear what it sounds like, and I love, I love the truss rod adjustment at the bottom of the neck. I, I really yeah. dig guitars that have that. Yeah. It's uh, it's very very practical, very practical. Go! I tell you what, Dan, we are doing sensible podcast this week. What's happened? I don't know. It was probably I a think real we'd be news very to talk sensible. 
<laughs> I've just realized that I wasn't just talking to my friend Dan. We were actually doing a podcast and oh, I got super geeky. <laughs> I just put in a, a, a little girl laugh just to, <laughs> there we go. There's a, there's a fake one just to make sure that we're actually doing it's a podcast. It's, it's the real thing. Now, the first one was real. The second one was a fake. I, I totally faked it. Yeah. yeah. Um, Dan, I would like to talk about, um, well, before we go to our main topic, I'd like to go to our sponsor. Mm-hmm. Our sponsor of the month of January is Amplitude 5 coming to you from IK Multimedia. It's a plugin. It's a software. It's brand new. Uh, it was dubbed by some the best guitar plugin of 2020, apparently. Not me, because I haven't really delved into it that far. So far, I'm very, very impressed. And the guitar plugin market is quite competitive these days. But we're entering like a new, or we have entered a new um, era of guitar plugins where they actually start to sound reliable. The latency is low. Um, there's a good collection. I have the Amplitude Max, as does Dan. Dan, have you been checking out in the last week or have you been totally building your house? I have been building my house. I have been building the catalog, the EU catalog for Ibanez 2021. I have been shooting videos for Music Abroad, Guitar Forum, about news. I was super busy, but I am so stoked to try it out because uh, last time I, I played around with Amplitude must be in like 2015, 2014, 15-ish. So it's, it's been a while already. So thanks for the code. And um, we can we can talk next week about my experiences. No pressure, but I've been sending you memes all week of, of rubbish, stupid things and Star Wars memes, and you've not been so responsive this week, Dan. It's, it's almost as if you have a life. Terrible. Yeah. No, Going no. on. Ta talking about memes, did you receive any memes? I received a total of zero memes. What is wrong, people? Seriously. <laughs> Dan is asking because last week we wanted to give away a copy of Amplitude to one of you lucky <laughs> listeners. And I'm you reading the chat right now. Uh, Valeria forgot to send a meme. She didn't send any memes. So do you know, Valeria, had you sent a meme, you would have been the only person, and therefore, by default, you would have won yourself a copy of Amplitude 5. Um, <laughs> so this week we're giving away two then, uh, right? Next week we're going to give away two. So if you fancy um, two, maybe give, give two to the same person, just so you can show off. Bragging rights. <laughs> Look, I've got two. <laughs> two codes. <laughs> um, the more memes you send, the better the chances are. All you have to win is guess the code. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 12 digits. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, so let's give away two next week. Um, let's ask in the chat, do we think the meme challenge was too difficult? Do we think it was too much work? Do we think it was too boring? Not that I'm saying it is, Dan, excuse me, if you think that's where I'm going. But I want to know why no one sent us any memes. Yeah, you too. Um, oh, come on. Uh, Michael Lerner already has Amplitude 5. Uh, I know that. Anything, so Michael, he... you, can, you, can, you can participate and just give it away to a friend of yours so you can share your experience and have fun together, right? Sure, you could... You give it away to someone in the live chat, and then it'd be like this meta amplitude giveaway on the podcast. Imagine just um, how much karma points you will add if you give away a, a copy of Amplitude Five, because the, these people will have a lot of fun with it. Just yeah, see. exactly. Yeah, 
Okay, so Dan, what are the rules for winning the Amplitude code for next week? We're giving away two. Is it the same? Is it memeish? It is memeish. Same rules apply like last week. Uh, if you want to win a copy or two of Amplitude 5, just create a funny meme either with Andy, me, or the both of us that is uh, centered around a guitar-centric topic. And uh, yeah, send it either um, tag us on Instagram or send it to guitarstoriespodcast at gmail.com or post it on Facebook and tag Andy and me or, you know, stalk us. I don't know. <laughs> Just send it to us somehow. <laughs> Technically, Dan has two addresses now, so there's twice as much chance of finding him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. So if, if you're stalking Dan, then you've got your job's just made 50% easier, 200% easier. One of those two. I don't do maths, but um, <laughs> not, not right now, not on a Tuesday night. I'm looking at a spaceman stood in front of an amp. I don't know what is going on with my life, but I want you to experience Amplitude 5 because I truly dig it. Uh, it's opened my world of, of recording guitar. Not, and I mean personally recording guitar, because I've got stuff for the channel and things, but it's really nice to just plug in and, and bring up a patch called Run Like Dave or something like that. And um, yeah, so tag us, Guitar Stories Podcast. Technically, you could post a meme of anything right now. That would be better than nothing. I'm surprised that you guys <laughs> haven't put the work in. And I'm not angry, but I am disappointed. Yep. Speaking of digital stuff, Dan, and guitars, it kind of leads us into our main topic. Yes. Okay. We've got the chat on screen now for the first time, really, through the, in, the, uh, <laughs> in the podcast. Um, yeah, so we came up with this, this topic, and, and I know people are dying to know our views on it because it's quite a, um, a strange, strange one. Digital gear, is it going to become obsolete? Is it as good an investment as analog gear? Dan, what's the answer? Yes or no? <laughs> All right. Well, no. Case solved. Okay. Right. <laughs> That's it then. No, it's very, it's very difficult to answer that. I, I was actually having a hard time when I was thinking about the topic. Um, but that was actually a, um, an inspiration from one of our listeners in the podcast. Yes. I forgot the name, so let me, let me look that up. Uh, but I really like if, if people approach us and, um, you know, want to discuss stuff uh, that we can do in the podcast and we can talk about in the podcast. And he was very enthusiastic about that and, you know, went back and forth about the pro, pros and cons. So um, it's super cool. Matt, it was Matt. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very difficult topic because it's uh, so diverse. So is... Is your digital gadget becoming the next Furby? I don't know. It depends what you bought. If you bought a, let's say, Kemper amp 10 years ago, it's still fine. You know, if you bought some sort of uh, plugin or software that is, you know, connected with, with some kind of device, it's probably not working because your OS is, is outdated now. Um, I think I have a couple a great, of those. Great choice of sponsor, Andy. Well done. Well done, Andy. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm not like, I'm pretty sure the amplitude will still work, but there are like, um, often you, you need like additional devices that you plug in USB so you can either plug in the microphone and stuff like that. And, and most often those kind of, those kind of hardware devices that are connected to the software, they are, they are not like 
uh, indefinitely usable. So when when there is a, a big update with the OS for for Apple or even for Windows, it, sometimes it doesn't work anymore. So sure. yeah, I bought like two or three of those already just to plug into USB and, and record the guitar. What about you, Andy? What, what what's your like initial take to just like have a, a starting point for the discussion? My initial take is that um, I grew up as a guitar player um, when and digital guitar stuff came around as I was growing up as a young player. And I remember being in a studio in Bristol um, when I was in my very late teens, late teens, no, mid, mid to late teens, and there was one of these. And uh, you if you're listening to us, this is the Line 6 Pod, the ultimate guitar direct box. And I saw it on the desk in this studio, and um, I thought first. My first thought was, "What the heck is that?" And then I just I, I had no concept of what something like this could be because I had um, I had a Marshall Valvestein amp, I had a few like three pedals, and you know, and one of those was a tuner probably. And this was in the session when we were recording um, our much highly successful, highly requested uh, album at the time. And um, yeah, imagine being a guitar player from a tiny village and then coming across something like the pod, which has actually got a lot of features in it. It's got like, it's, it's got at least, there's what, 12 effects and 12 amp models at least. There's more than that. We've got the standard bass travel and middle. Anyway, to get to the point, um, I plugged into it and it didn't sound awful because I knew nothing different. And my, my, my knowledge of tone and anything was like, if it's loud, it's good back then. That was, that was my, 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 uh, my review. Is it loud? Yes, it's good. Then we ended up using the effects of that in the effects loop of some of the recordings. So real amp, but some of the effects from the pod. And I was blown away because of the, the possibilities. However, um, I am going to revisit this on the channel soon. I haven't plugged it in since back then and see how it sounds. I know that people still use the pod. And in fact, someone in the chat says they still have a pod too, and it still rocks their world. I've used updated pods. I used a pod XT, XT live for many, many years live because I had to fit all the gear into a car and we were touring. Um, my hot take on the digital stuff is that this is the first year and I'm counting the latter end of 2020. Um, that I believe that plugins sound good. Of course, we're sponsored by Amplitude 5. This is not a, um, a sort of way to push that upon people. I also heard the Gojira plugin from Neural. And how's, how's that, that? It's insane. All right. Um, I saw the marketing video, and it's a great video. And it's one of the first videos from a marketing point that actually made me want to get the product. You know, because I, I see a lot of that, and I, I kind of I can see behind the curtain. And this, I had to download it straight away. I downloaded the fourteen day trial, and my goodness, it is good. Um, yeah. So that Amplitude Five Guitar Rig Six. I know these are plugins, but they're all very, very good these days. Um, you want? Do you Strymon want to reveal a secret? Our intro music was recorded using plugins. No, <laughs> you would not have guessed, right? We are so 
unauthentic, inauthentic, not authentic. Not authentic. <laughs> oh, man. All right. No, it's, I mean, it sounds good in a mix. Okay, let, let's go there, Dan. If I, I, I know I've not answered the question, but um, there's, a, there's a point that I've written down in my notes is that in a mix, not many people can tell. Mm-hmm. Especially in the band for the situation. whole world there. Yeah. Fully agreed. I'm like, I'm, I'm torn here because I'm completely with you. The, the quality, like the sound quality that those plugins and the campers and and even the you know cortex and, and pods x3 and whatever what what they achieve is second to none and and going back like 10 years you thought that your your little red kidney was the hot shit but if you a b that with what's possible nowadays you would just throw it right out the window well that said well, I, um i, also, I think there, that's of, the new the cab m plus from two there, notes sorry to jump in on you there that truly yeah. is mind blowing. That truly is a top piece of gear. Yeah. Um, and I think it might actually. I'm going to combine that with the pod to try and give the pod a new lease of life. I think that might be interesting to combine yeah. old gear with new gear. Um, that sounds pretty interesting. The, the only like, let me just let me just finish that up because um, I think the sure. only like um, drawback that there is is that that kind of digital stuff gets uh, released much quicker. And yesterday's plugin is kind of like, kind of already boring at some point, and also like the latest XFX is not as good as the new one, and that kind of leads us to to that kind of like unhealthy cycle that every year or every other year a new iteration of the product gets released, you know. And it's not like you bought a uh, old vintage or back in the day you bought an old Marshall and it will still be the cool thing today. It's now that digital stuff kind of gets so much better and, and, and evolves in, in such a quick way that it kind of gets outdated pretty quickly. And uh, if you get into a situation that is like the latest the latest iPhone and you always want and, and have to have the, the new shit, it's it's for me it's not really something that I um, that I identify myself with because I want to have a lot of fun uh, for my gift for a long period of time. And um, also, I think investment wise, um, investment wise, it's, it's kind of difficult to judge whether it's a good investment or not because it's not cheap at all and usually that kind of gear can can easily cost between 800 to 1500 2k so mm-hmm. it's a substantial investment and for that kind of substantial investment i want substantial fun <laughs> does that make sense absolutely that that is the basis of everything i play does it make me want to play am i enjoying playing guitar yeah. I don't even necessarily need to understand what is going on with the product at first. If it's making me have fun with the guitar and therefore creative, because if anything's not fun, it's not creative. Um, and of course, um, some things is, is, it has that fun factor, but we don't know why. So when we were talking about the, um, the I think it was said in the chat, the lay listeners, so I said the lay listeners, the, the, the audience, the people listening that don't play an instrument, and don't know that there's a digital thing behind, even the the, the real the, the actual musicians um, in the audience. But as a player, this is the point for me where digital gear needs to be good, or any gear for that matter. But mm-hmm. if you're not getting the response as a player, um, this is what I'm talking about about the new digital gear, the new the new plugins. There's a few amps out as well, a few digital. Well, the Strymon pedals are digital and they sound phenomenal. The Flint that I have. 
Um, I don't think I'll ever get rid of it. I don't see it's got the perfect amount of reverb and tremolo. I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever need to replace that. Mm-hmm. I will at some point because I love gear. Um, <laughs> but if I'm honest with myself, because you and I, you and I approach things very, very differently in the sense that you are very good with money, very good at investing, good at making financial choices, um, and all those things are things that I'm not. And I, 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 I'm being friends with you. I, I, I'm learning from being friends with you, but like, okay, that's, yeah, maybe I don't need to do that. Maybe I should just, you know, not. <laughs> um, I'm not, not going to give away your secrets, uh, you know, that we, we talk about off, off air, but Dan knows his stuff. Um, and if you need advice, then I'm sure Dan has an hourly rate, but, uh, um, <laughs> I was just I was just wanted to make sure that like when you are old and grumpy and you still need a couple dollars or a couple euros that, that there's still something left because nowadays you got to be pretty careful with uh, where your money goes. Absolutely. Yeah. But so what <laughs> oh, I'm trying I to say the is first meme. Amazing. <laughs> you know what? Live on air. Who's it from? John C sent me a meme and I'm going to show that live on air. Air. It oh says, my goodness. Oh boy. It says my meme and it's definitely the worst meme I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I but love it's it. It's so the first bad. One that we received. So thank you very much. You're in. <laughs> it's so bad it's good. Which yeah. kind of leads me to my little segue. Um 80s stuff which is also come up in the chat today. 80s rack units are fashionable again kind of. Yeah. Um yeah. so it, it, I don't know how this is, but I've been looking at stuff on Reverb and I, I looking at stuff in the local classifieds. Um, yeah, uh, I've got such a an interest in why people are are loving this rack gear because I, I don't think it um I don't think it can possibly sound as good as we remember it to, or as good as the new gear. But there's this je ne sais quoi, this 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 lore this this um story behind it you know oh it was used on this album so therefore we got to get it you know there's a resurgence and things come around and um yeah it's uh it interests me so much how a piece of gear can be 30 bucks and then say josh scott releases a video on it and and says (laughs) actually this was actually pretty good and then suddenly the price is rocket for x amount of months and then goes back down yeah yeah I mean, like I said, I think um, there's some history attached to it. Um, let's take, for instance, uh, the Marshall JMP1. When you, when you talk absolutely. about the Rex, n- nobody, nobody really wanted to have that thing around the 2000s. You could get it for that cheap. But nowadays, it's kind of a hot commodity again. People are looking for that kind of 19-inch rack effect again because it, it has been played on so many albums. I think Metallica used it and a couple other artists too. So it, it's kind of on vogue again. And it's like... I mean, our business is going in waves too. Sometimes it's the hot shit, and sometimes nobody's really taking you know notice. So, uh, I think the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know. Oh, Michelle, thanks for the super chat. That's two bucks for Andy's coffee. Thank you. One buck each. Hey, Dan, I owe you like about seven bucks now. So, just so you know. Um, <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm keeping a list somewhere. There it is. Yeah, yeah, list. Yeah. Look. Very good. Very good. <laughs> all right, I lost Ooh. the list. The list is gone. The list is gone. Okay, it's all mine. Um, we got, but yeah, we got I mean, 
this gonna buy a prosecco no, because it's the 25th episode. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. 25th episode celebration. I have. Yeah. What do I have? I actually have a, I have a throat lozenge I could throw at the camera. <laughs> anyway. There you go. Um, so, um, yeah, thank you, Mikhail. That's very kind of you. There is some great gear that still has life in it. That <sighs> trying to think, right? Is is it actually tone or is it just legend? You know, I think it's and... a bit of both. I mean, you can make make great music. Like Periphery used the part for recording an album. Mark Knopfler is nowadays using the the Kemper amps, and I don't know. Especially like if you know, I got I I have to deal with a lot of touring artists that you know used to go on tour when there was no pandemic and they kind of gravitated more and more towards uh, traveling light because uh, shipping costs were super super expensive so you you wouldn't play with a 4x12 you would take your xfx and you know just go there and, and play and also oftentimes you have only like a couple minutes to get ready for stage so there's only a line check and you got to get have your shit together basically and uh, yeah that's that's what I think why digital is is so much like growing in importance because it's good, it's reliable, mm -hmm. and um, like I said, it's it's probably ninety eight or ninety nine percent, and that's that's good enough. But on the other hand, that's would you question. play a gig yeah. just with with your iPad or with your smartphone? Just plug in and play for for a whole gig? I wouldn't feel comfortable with that. That's a great question, and. I've never had the opportunity or necessity. However, I have seen. So I'm eating that throat lozenge because it was staring at me. Um, <laughs> um, I have seen um, a Tina Turner tribute act, which was great, you know, and um, and the guy, the guitar player from that was an absolute shredder. He was awesome, which was weird because he was shredding all over this Tina Turner stuff, but. Um, <laughs> because I was the guy that booked him, I went on the stage like, "What? What is this guy using? It sounds amazing!" And he was using um, one of the softwares, I think Amplitude Four or Three, Three it would have been, um, on on a tablet, no, on a laptop. Sorry, I'm, I'm correcting myself because it was such a long time ago. But he was using a laptop with a audio interface, and we're talking eleven years ago give or take and it sounded phenomenal to this great big pa and there was a drummer and there, there was some stuff was on backing track and his tone and the there's there's not bush city limits do you, do you know the song from from tina turner and there's this great and i love that tone it's one of my favorite guitar tones ever and he pretty much nailed it and i was like what is he using that's the thing that made me go up because it was this wah sort of envelope effect and it was some kind of plugin, which again I think was a laptop-based Amplitude Three. He nailed it for the live show. You did not need mm -hmm. any more. And then he just sort of closed his laptop, put his guitar in his case, and off he was. He then <laughs> took he then took an hour putting the PA system away because he had this big Martin PA that he was so proud of. Um, so he, he kind of you know didn't really solve his issue of gear, but um, yeah, it was it was an eye opener for sure. Uh like my, my worst nightmare with that kind of setting would be that like in the gig you get that windows sound or, or mac sound Ta -dum. Bing. please update your your mac os or update your system I mean... <laughs> yeah i 
I, I don't know if I could trust it. I've I've even done a gig. Um, I've done a gig with a battery powered uh, pedal board power supply, mm. and the whole gig I was even though I knew the thing was charged, I tested it multiple times. I could not focus on the gig because I was worried about this battery running out, which was ridiculous. But it was yeah. just the fact that it was new to me, you know. So another question I had I had in my notes is people that are just starting guitar. Are they more comfortable with using plugins, digital equipment, as opposed to say you or I or players even older than us who are more used to using more traditional gear? And let's forget analog versus digital right now. Um, do you understand what I mean? Absolutely. I think uh, I'm, 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 I, I couldn't agree more because I think these guys will be the, the kind of digital guitar natives. They mm -hmm. grow up with those kind of cool tools with apps where you can slow down the song that you're rehearsing. And uh, you've got so many great like little helpers that, that mm. will enable you to, to grow even faster than if you, you know, had to put the needle on the record back in the day. Um, with that said, I mean, like you said, there's a lot of history involved. And once they dive deeper into the material of their preferred artists, they will probably figure out that there is some some analog magic to some of what's been recorded and there's uh, like if, if you have a big cabinet and it moves air it actually is a a very uplifting feel <laughs> and, yeah. and it can make you smile much much more than if you have like headphones on and, and you have a great tone but it's not like the, the immersion isn't there it's like because it's still music is is moving air and uh, i want to feel it to, to some degree so basically for me personally if that's like my my takeaway from that is like I like both, but it's got to be a good mixture. And like you said, I wouldn't be comfortable with playing a gig with just a laptop. And it wouldn't satisfy me if there was no, at least a small cabinet in the back that, where I can feel a little bit of that music. As, as I mentioned earlier, I did gig for a few years with a pod, uh, a Line 6 pod XT. And I never felt like I was playing real music. And that's not because it was, it was the setup we had. We had the smallest possible move. It was a covers band. It was for money. It was my job. And every gig, I, I did not feel that I was playing a real amp. Neither was I trying to. But the audience were always dancing. I always got paid. And I always had fun. And I didn't need to worry about something being too loud. So even though my tone wasn't um, wasn't great, in my opinion, uh, nobody ever complained. We played the right songs at roughly the right tempo with some of the right words and um, <laughs> some some of the right notes even. And um, people had a fun time. And I think sometimes we can get, as guitar players particularly, we're particularly guilty of this, getting too hung up on tone and not actually about what music is for, which I believe is bringing people together, enjoyment, and, and feeling something that you cannot feel without music. So yes, you and I both work in the industry and we're trying to, you know, you know, bring new things to the world, of course, and, and it's our job to how we put food on the table. But ultimately, it has to be about that core thing of enjoyment and fun. And some people's fun comes from comes from buying a new guitar, like the, the new stuff we've talked about today. Um, just the colors. Some people get ultimate joy from, say, Larry Basilio's guitar. Just looking <laughs> at that thing, the color is beautiful. It makes me feel good. I probably wouldn't yeah. buy it, you know, but it makes me feel good. 
yeah, I'm just going to get off my soapbox for a second. I've just addressed the world, put everything correct. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, I, I hear you. It, it doesn't matter what what tools you're using, as long as you're having fun, and as long as you're creating creating music and and kind of can get lost in that, because you can easily get lost in all the the technical details and the manuals. And, and all that stuff but that's not real what really what i want to do i want to grab a guitar and, and play and i think that, that was mentioned early in the chat that i think nowadays a big plus is also that manufacturers have um, kind of realized that people they don't want presets that work for them they don't want like a show off okay this is the ultimate delay no they want a very subtle delay or they don't want the ultimate gain no they want a game that's working to play acdc and play metallica so having those kind of more let's say reasonable and 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 usable presets already pre-installed it makes things a lot easier and you get that kind of instant gratification from a lot of from a lot of digital devices whereas if you buy a new mesa it's probably one of the best no probably it's one of the best amps in the world but you have to have trained ears to really get a good tone to dial that in properly absolutely and plus plus every gig is different you know i've been i've been playing a lot of gigs with my boogie transatlantic and and, and triple crown etc in every single venue, I had to dial in completely fresh. I mean, there was no like steadiness where I could say, okay, a similar location, it's probably like this. No. Listen to your ears, maybe turn around and dial in the tone that you like. And with a digital device, it's very stable. Basically, if you use a camper, you can put you can put your stuff on a USB stick and just walk away. And you can, you know, go on a plane and uh, play a gig somewhere in, in South Africa or South America or something, and, and you have your tone on a USB plug. And um, that's probably the, the 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 main USP that I would take for, for digital stuff, that it's very consistent and uh, yeah, also very portable. And it, it kind of gives you a lot of instant gratification. Couldn't agree more. And I have to give props to Kemper right now because they have kept it true to the original model. So if you bought a Kemper years ago, they're still going with the same model. It's been updated with firmware and things, but it's not been it's not been a forced obsolescence, which of course we see in the smartphone business. Where um, I'm running an iPad right now, it started to slow down. Um, I've been through three iPads in my iPad journey, and um, this one started to slow down for no reason whatsoever. I understand the computing technology behind it, and I understand that I'm currently running a browser watching the podcast to make sure that everything's working fine. That should be fine for a computer of this size, uh, this power, sorry. It isn't. It started to, to misbehave. Yep. The Kemper doesn't. Certain things don't. The, the pod doesn't, you know? Um, so this four-stop solution is something I find infuriating, and I don't see anybody that would back that up. And actually, there's some news. I'm not sure if, not sure if you heard this, Dan, in the EU, that um, forced obsolescence is, is is now becoming, I'm not sure if it's illegal, but certainly um, uh, a problem. So companies are not allowed to to force obsolescence. Um, I mean, I'm really on my soapbox today. God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to yeah. go somewhere with that, or have I, yeah, go go, Dan, take take it away. Sorry. Well, uh, I I didn't have to I didn't have to too much to add. Basically, uh, I was just wanted to make a point that it's all about the the customer support and keeping your gear alive. And one of the prime examples you just mentioned is is probably Kemper that are selling pretty much the same product for ten years now, 
and uh, and other companies they they will also still support their hardware and software and this is like the key point if if, if people kind of understand that uh, you take your product ser- seriously and you are going to support that for a like reasonable amount of years then it's much more likely that they will make a substantial investment because they know they're getting a lot of fun throughout those yes. next let's say 10 years whereas if you have something and and you know you got to be afraid that next year it's already obsolete and it's no longer supported because you didn't buy the latest iPhone or something um i find that difficult and and i don't i don't really i don't really support that and also i'm not a big fan we've talked about that earlier when we've been talking about christmas presents i'm not a big fan of uh, throwaway stuff because you know i don't i don't want to see instruments or other gear being built to to just throw it away after a couple months i really want that kind of longevity and uh, mm. because it's it's resources, and, and nowadays more than ever, those resources are scarce, and, and they're very very valuable. And uh, I'd love to if, if there would be more companies like be very committed to create sustainable products that can be used over a long period of time. They can be more expensive, no problem, but they gotta like hold to hold to that uh, promise to to kind of be usable throughout a couple of years and not be obsolete in in a couple months. So yeah, that's mm. my my take. Sure, I'd like to to uh, tra- um, uh, what's the word? I'd like to talk about that'll do. Uh, I'll talk about some of the things that have come up in the chat. Um, one of the things which um, we mentioned, our good friend Henning, who uh, this is something I was going to mention earlier about the fact that um, multi effects and cheap digital products are a great introduction to what effects do. So it's very easy for us to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, flanger and chorus this and delay that and phaser that." But if you're brand new to the guitar world, that is complete gobbledygook. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I learned I, in that studio session to go back to the pod again. I kind of learned it says flanger one and flanger two, for example, and I didn't know what what that was. I wouldn't have any idea that there was more than one kind of flanger. And it says delay mm. swell. No idea what that was. And I plugged it in, twiddled the knob, and then I kind of found out. And again, it, you learn, you train your ears. Same to to do with software. Um, like I use Logic and Logic on the Mac, and I paid two hundred bucks for that. And then it comes with some plugins for the guitar. They're not wonderful, but if someone start a Garage Band, you know all this stuff. If you plug into that, you can have an ID. You can have an introduction to the wonderful world and deep, deep hole that is pedals. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Yes. Ah, Mr. RJ Ronquillo is in the chat. Um, he took part in the NAM stuff this year. I really much enjoyed that. Um, hello, everybody. Uh, what else was I going to go to the chat for? I, I was actually just, I was trying to scroll on the video itself <laughs> rather than on the chat. Um, we're coming mm. up to the hour and a half into the podcast, which means that Andy's going to start talking even more rubbish now. Um, ah, Max Solo Music. Max is or was in the chat, and he says that he's played a couple of musical productions using a laptop and Line 6 KB37 for both guitar and synth sounds, and it worked just fine eight years ago. Fantastic. Great news. Yep. Very brave. But, Very brave. Yeah, for shows and things when you're, when you're in the pit in front of a stage, you don't have the space. You don't have the luxury of having an amp. Yep. Um, I made the mistake of buying a Marshall JCM 800 series. Never got it past three, I think. I think I mentioned that on the podcast before. 
<laughs> totally useless. Absolutely yeah. flipping useless. Yeah, and yeah. I went back to using the the Pod XT Live, but um, for a few weeks, for for a few seconds, <laughs> I felt super cool. <laughs> yes, kaching, nothing. Yeah, yeah. But Max, I, I got oh, is still here to, to Max because he's always uh, at the forefront when it comes to those kind of small and, and neat devices. I think we did a live stream back in the day in the, in the showroom, uh, Ivan's showroom. We're here at that pedal board with all the streaming stuff already pre-configured and pre-installed, and and that was pretty smooth. So if you are one of those techie guys that's very uh, kind of pioneering that stuff, uh, you know, heads off for that because uh, you really kind of push the boundaries to to show us what you can do with that stuff. But like I said, if you if you're you know playing a four hours gig and uh, there's an audience waiting in front of you and they want to dance, they want to have fun, and uh, then ultimately you have to say, okay, we got to we got to wait 10 more minutes until my window's been updated. <sighs> That's nothing I'd be comfortable with. So, yeah. But Max, you show us the way. You, you show us uh, what's possible, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, another thing that I have, you stole the idea from Andy's crazy tr Yeah, people steal my ideas all the time, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan! Um, another thing is that with old technology, such as the pod, I, I mean goodness the prices of pods are going to rocket out of this podcast um there's another one that you can buy from like places like aliexpress and amazon where they've taken a pod like the pocket pod as well and made it really tiny because processors and circuit boards have, have got smaller and there are more possibilities to fit these things into smaller housing you can now get the same technology that was in the old big technology in small technology and that's really fun and it costs about 20 bucks which is ridiculous so back to what we said about people learning about effects, learning about things. That's a no-brainer. Twenty bucks is anybody's uh, anybody's um, possibility. Back yeah. to the headphones we mentioned at the beginning, um, the Vox headphones. That they're, they're. I don't know. Would they go obsolete? I, I don't think they get updated. Yeah, probably not obsolete. But you probably prefer something different, different tone. You um, might outgrow them. Yeah, yeah you might yeah. outgrow them, but. Um, some other thing I wanted to say was about when you plug into digital stuff, it's a computer that so has to start up. I hate waiting for things to start up. I hate waiting for programs to load. I hate waiting for anything. I hate looking through menu systems. Um, I, you know, going back to the days when I first started playing guitar, it was Boss DS1, Big Muff, Crybaby, whatever amp was available and whatever guitar was in tune, roughly. And with, the, with that setup, if something I wanted a clean sound, bang, you know, done. If I wanted a really heavy sound that was, you know, really thin, I'd go for the Boss DS1. <laughs> if I wanted to be not heard in a mix, Big Muff, there we go, you know. So, but I, you know, I, I could do it instantly, and that's that's the thing. I didn't even have a switcher. Like we have these pedal switches now and pedal boards. Back then, I didn't. It was just thrown on the floor and put in a plastic bag at the end of the gig. <laughs> and <Yeah>. so. <laughs> But my point is, the more complicated something gets, the less fun I have with it. Yeah. Not always, but often, because I have to invest the time in learning it, and that's not always easy. Um, <laughs> Actually, I'd be interested in the gear that uh, that our listeners and viewers have. So, if you if you have like pictures mm. of your digital gear, feel free to tag us. Because that'll be interesting to see what you guys are using. Are there still a couple of people that are using the red kidney, the the OG part, or the other people that have a very fancy X Effect three going on? Show us what digital game you could going. 
Sorry, I'm just absolutely. I want to see more stuff happening with with tagging us. You know, we're saying this every week, and and no one's doing it. No one's but, doing um, it. I'm laughing at old man Zen's comment saying, "Jesus, Andy, you're talking like you're 80 years old." Um, <laughs> to, which I guess I am. I know I've been my soapbox has been making several appearances tonight, and I was still on it. But I haven't lived that many years, but I've lived many different lives. Again, to be poetic, I've I've had so many different lives and so many different jobs and lived in so many different places. I feel like I've so far had a very full and um, well-enjoyed life. And uh, <laughs> when I say those things, it, I'm genuinely going back to like, who was, where was I living? What was I doing? What gear was I playing? And in fact... I remember more about my life when I know about the guitars and the gear that I had than I do anything else. Oh, that's odd. I've just realized that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but um, oh. apparently we've had some some stuff into the Guitar Stories podcast DMs, Dan. Have you have you checked any of that? I've seen it come up several times on the chat. That in the Instagram DMs, uh, I think DMs. Valeria sent one. Yeah, and Valeria's I can't remember one. who else sent one. Oh, there's another so meme. We've, we've got it at says, least Don't two play memes. With the electric outlet, they say you can get hurt. But I want to rock and have a cool throw. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is cool. I like that. Uh, it's kind of hard, hard to be seen. So you got a kid playing around near to the power outlet, and mom is saying, "Don't play with it. You can get hurt." And ultimately, you look like Andy, and you have a great throw. <laughs> That's nice. It takes a lot That's of very nice. a lot of work, a lot of work, a lot of voltage, yeah. Uh, yeah. a lot of amps to look like this. Uh, <laughs> and you have to you have to sleep hanging upside down, of course, because you can't sleep on your throw. That, that's a nightmare sometimes. Can, um, can you actually wear wear headphones anymore? Is there still space left? Not really. I, I will show you for you and viewers of the podcast. It kind of works, <laughs> but everything sounds kind of fuzzy. Yeah. Ow, 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 ow. And getting them on and wearing them is fine. Taking them off, not so easy. <laughs> you could, you could like do after, like adding, adding some, some of the fro hairs to the headphones so they would blend in perfectly with the rest of the fro. That'd be nice. Hairphones. Uh Headphones, there you go. You know, like the Princess Leia kind of things that you can put on, that ear, ear warmers? <laughs> yeah, you got the headphones. Yeah, I haven't seen my ears in like seven months. So they're, <laughs> they're roughly in the middle somewhere. <laughs> ah. Well, nice. um, I'd love to know if anyone in the chat has any more points about the digital stuff. I didn't expect us to answer the question. It wasn't even really a question. It's just kind of the topic and i've really enjoyed discussing it with you dan and I'm, I'm glad that i've come to my final conclusion is that that it's the same one i always make if something's fun and it inspires me to make something that's fun and enjoyable then it has to be good agreed approved <laughs> approved <laughs> tick no seriously like if, if you have a piece of gear that, that that has a good sound it's a keeper and you know go for it no matter what the price tag was so yeah oh ooh, ooh. and also not to write off a piece of gear you've never tried of course i mean because that happens doesn't it dan yeah and people like say that's rubbish <laughs> You should you should try and play two five before we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dan. 
No, I was talking about a certain um, uh, exchange we had with somebody online recently. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That, that I won't yeah. go into. But don't bash. Firstly, don't bash somebody else's gear choice. But also, don't bash something you've never tried just because you've read it on a forum that it's rubbish back in 2014. Yeah. Um, Even if you tried something years ago, especially in the digital game, I mean, the progress all those devices make is 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 just insane. So you got to try mm-hmm. like the recent stuff and then judge from that. Yeah. With that said, the recent stuff. Have you heard the latest, the recent record of uh, John Gom? The faintest idea. Uh, let's say no, Dan, just so we can. No, Dan. Why did you bring it up? You could have you could have said yes too. Okay, then yes. Why did you bring it up? <laughs> well, because the show is uh kind of nearing its end and I just wanted to make a point that we have a guest next week. We do. Who could it be? <laughs> well, I already said it. Guys, next week we will have on the podcast the incredible, the inspiring, the album dropping modern finger style playing and just awesome human being john gum how cool is that i'm super looking forward to that yeah that's that's totally out of my guitar world i enjoy his music because i don't know how he does what he does it's it for me that is music because i'm not trying to understand what it is he's doing i'm just listening and enjoying so i'm super interested on on talking with him i hope he has a great guitar story uh he has to but um he seems like a nice guy as well so it's always nice to hang with nice people yeah and if anyone of you guys has uh has specific questions to john let us know like send us a dm or an email so so we can ask the question because it might be a little bit it might get a little bit confusing or unruly in the chat if we you know answer too many questions with him because you know we want to know his guitar stories too so send us your questions ideally in advance and we'll ask it i've got so many questions too about how he does his recordings how he makes his his sound so you know appear so big and you know how he plays his guitar and it's just yeah he's like he's like a an incredible musician but also in a similar vein a big question mark to me and i want to you know ask a lot of questions so yeah yes yeah i i know so little about him and how he does what he does i'm i'm super excited i think it's the first guest we've had where i i already don't know so much about them you know if that makes sense yeah absolutely yeah, that's so probably not even accurate but it, it feels that way <laughs> okay uh dr dan I've had a wonderful time with you chatting guitar gear and thank you to all the people that have watched live and and contributed to the podcast this week. Also, we've had a higher, the highest amount of people in the live chat we've ever had. And that means a lot. So thank you for helping us grow the podcast because we're here because we have fun and um, it's nice to talk guitar geeky stuff with you guys. So uh, thank you for coming back and I hope you'll join us again next week for John Gom. Uh, Dan, do you want to give us a quick Instagram little shout out and I will play the end credits. Absolutely. Thanks guys for making this a happy place. Uh, as usual, it's like the most positive podcast that there is. If you enjoy that, please follow us on Instagram, the guitar stories podcast, uh, follow Andy at Andy guitar geek or me at Dan 140683, which is pretty similar to the Ibanez Q numbers. I just figured that out. Funny side note to me, to myself. Um, um apart from that, if you listen to that 
as a podcast, uh, if you don't mind giving us a five-star rating on iTunes, that would help us a lot to be more visible. Thanks to all the viewers and the listeners. I think we've been streamed in more than 33 countries already, which is amazing. Um, yeah, apart from that, looking forward to next week. Looking forward to seeing you again. Thanks, Andy, for taking the time. Thanks for the inspiration to all of you. And uh, yeah, have a nice week. Play the guitar and uh, see you very soon. I love it. All right. Love you guys. I'll see you soon. Bye, Dan. Bye.